0: Hello and welcome to The Addicted Austenite, your one-stop podcast for all things Jane Austen. I'm Catherine and today I'm going to be starting our look at Sanderton. So Sanderton was the second of two uncompleted novels that Jane left behind when she died. Last week we did have a look at the first of those novels, The Watsons, and this time we are moving on to Sanderton. Now, Sanderton, Jane started writing this novel after she finished Persuasion. So this is about 1815, 1816. And as we know from our episodes about Jane's life, unfortunately, this is when she starts to feel really poorly. And it really is the beginning of the end for poor. Jane. So unlike the Watsons, which Jane left unfinished for reasons unknown, we know more or less that Jane stopped writing Sanditon because she just got too ill. Interestingly, she left instructions on what was going to happen in the Watsons, how that was going to finish, but she didn't do that with Sanditon possibly because it was an organic novel and it was just sort of happening as it went along, or, sadly, she just didn't have time to really tell anybody before she got too ill to think about her novels and all of those kinds of things. But she did write a good chunk of Sanditon before she was forced to stop. We get the first sort of ten or so chapters thereabouts. Now, that might sound like a lot, and it is, but do you remember that Jane's chapters are usually quite shorter than most common chapters, shall we say. Uh, sometimes it is a couple of pages, or even a couple of paragraphs in some cases. But there is a lot to work on, and that is why Sanderton is the unfinished novel that most people flock to when they're doing adaptations. We saw last week the Watsons had a lot of continuations. People over the years have been trying to finish the story on Jane's behalf, almost. Whereas Sanditon, we find, is the one that people go to when they want to make a new Jane Austen adaptation. And that's actually how I'm going to be doing our look at Sanditon. So you may all know that... Recently, the ITV, one of the main British TV channels, did an adaptation of Sanditon and made it into a TV series. So, to talk about Sanditon, what I'm going to do is do a review of each of these episodes as I watch them. Unfortunately, I missed them the first time round when they went out uh, over here in the UK for reasons. Um... But I'm in a much better place now, so I can finally sort of move on to it. And as it worked out, uh, it works perfectly for the timing of Sanderton in our run. So you're going to be getting my initial reactions to the episodes as I watch them every week. And hopefully that will be exciting. I have read the story, so I kind of know what to expect. But I'm interested to see where they sort of take it. Um, and what they do with it and also I should point out that if you haven't seen it yet or you don't know the story there are going to be spoilers ahead so uh, you have been warned and without further ado let's get on to episode one. So, of course, episode one is the most important episode of a TV series. You are starting the story and you're trying to lay everything out for the audience so they get an understanding of who the main characters are and what to sort of expect from the series following. And before I've even started watching it, I'm slightly dubious. This adaptation is eight episodes long in Britain, that's kind of a long one. Usually our series sort of last 12 to 13 episodes. I know in other places it goes on for a bit longer. Um, but it's actually the longest Jane Austen adaptation we've ever had. Most of them usually three-part mini-series or, or thereabouts. So this is actually a really long one for Jane Austen, which is interesting because obviously we only have part of the story to go on. So I sort of go into this expecting that they're really going to sort of drag out for as long as possible the stuff that Jane left them. They've got eight eight whole 45 minute episodes to pull out this story and to tell this story. So they're obviously going to be using Jane quite a lot and really stretching it out. she did leave us with a lot to work on and a lot that can sort of be filled in. So that's my feelings going into it. Now, I started watching it. And right off the bat I was intrigued because it's a quite a different opening credits than we're used to with Jane Austen adaptations. Usually we get some beautiful classical music and it's played over the opening shots of the series or over your stock images of lace tablecloths and sewing kits and flowers and books and all that kind of you know genteel country life kind of looking <laughs> images. So this sort of faster pace more lively music, was quite nice and the sort of opening credits style was really interesting so I was pleasantly surprised and it gave me hope um, for the going on of the rest of it unfortunately it didn't that good feeling didn't last quite so long as I'd hoped it's very very fast-paced this first episode they're constantly throwing things at you and it's almost like They're trying to get through Jane's contributions as quickly as possible so that they can then go on and tell their own story, which I suppose is fair enough. You know, you have a story that you want to tell and you want to have the freedom to do it. But there are just so many wonderful things in Jane's original writings that they've skipped over in order to get to their own story. And it doesn't really do Jane's input much justice. We get sort of the bare bones of what Jane wrote but it, we're not even halfway into the episode really before Jane's input stops and it becomes ITV Sanditon rather than Jane Austen's Sanditon and this was a real shame for me because Jane is just such a wonderful writer and she has such wonderful ways of describing characters and setting up who these people are and that gets run over quite quickly, It gets passed over for the sake of getting us to sanderton quickly. Again, spoilers, but we start off with our lead family, the Parkers. They are on a journey and they end up crashing their carriage very close to the home of the Haywards, who come to their assistance. Uh, and and help them and obviously they get talking and the parkers come from sounderton which is this new up-and-coming beach seaside resort uh, on the south coast jane describes it as sort of near eastbourne just past hastings kind of situation it's actually one of the most specific directions that jane gives us for a fictional place most of the time um, we get that first letter followed by a long line so you can sort of fill in the blanks for yourself and we're not situated really anywhere so that we kind of find the people that are living there uh, but she, knows, she sits us down and tells us that this is where we are so we know exactly where we're situated in the country and that really doesn't happen in the beginnings of Sanderton. they don't sort of explain where we are we just hear from Mr Park about how wonderful Sanderton is because he's put so much money into it and he has really high hopes for it. And this sets up our story because he invites the Haywards to go back with them to Sanditon. He wants to get as many people there with as much money as possible to spend and to build up the community. Unfortunately, the Haywards aren't really the travelling folk. They're, they're a farming family and they like their isolated community. So they decline the offer but they agree to send one of their daughters with them and this is Charlotte and so very quickly we are on the way to Sanditon. Again I was a little bit disappointed because we are skipping over so much rich character description that Jane gives Um, but as I've mentioned before sometimes it can be difficult translating that into TV because sometimes there's really only the only way to do it is by via narration and that can get quite annoying so I understand it's a bit difficult but I think they could have made a better job of trying to to fit that in and to sort of explain who these characters are because a lot of what we get from the characters from here on out is from Charlotte's point of view because she's the outsider and she's coming into this world that she really doesn't know so we get her opinions on people and sadly this is another thing that I came up against with this first episode is that rather than having Charlotte do the things and come up with these opinions on her own we sort of see her being given to her by these other people people are whispering in her ears about all these other people Uh, we get sort of introduced to the main families of Sanditon we get the Parkers we get the occupants of Sanderton House, Lady Denham and her wards, Miss Brereton. And we also get the other Denhams, Sir Denham and Esther Denham, brother and sister. And right from the off, they're obviously people that Charlotte's a little bit wary of. They're quite different to the people that Charlotte is used to. And we get some wonderful descriptions from Jane about what Charlotte thinks of these people. And unfortunately, that just doesn't come across in this first episode. And overall, unfortunately, I was quite disappointed at how quickly Jane's input and her chapters of Sanderton, how quickly it's over. Because they could have stretched it out for much longer, I thought, because they had eight episodes. They had plenty of time to, to draw it out and to fill the time with all these wonderful descriptions and the scene setting that Jane does. But unfortunately... That's very quickly over. Like I said, we're almost sort of halfway through uh, when Jane's input really stops. So moving on from Jane Sanderton now into ITV Sanderton, really, um, they've taken it in. I suppose what would be an interesting direction. Um, they've added a ball, for example, that wasn't in the original story, and that's really why everybody's coming to Sanderton. In the original story, people are coming to Sanderton more or less as a favor to Mr. Parker <laughs> so that his efforts and his investments aren't wasted. His sister, sisters and brother, which is another interesting thing actually, because in the story, he has two sisters and two brothers, three of whom, two sisters and one brother, are Mrs. Bennett to the extreme and a complete hypochondriac. They're invalids. But they travel as a trio. They're they're sort of their own little group. And interesting, for whatever reason, they've left out one of the sisters. They just... She's just not there. There's no mention of her. And it seems really weird because why does it matter if she's not there? Why leave her out? I don't know. Um, (laughs) So that was interesting. There was no third sister. But that's the whole point, This, this trio. They've decided... And they've convinced some other groups to come to Sanderton. And one of those groups is a seminary school. So it's going to be a big group of young ladies. And one of them is a family from the West Indies. And this is really important because from reading Jane's story, we figure that these two groups of people are going to be quite big in the story. And they kind of just gloss over it really the fact that um miss parker wants to help her brother and has arranged for all these people to come we do get these people arriving we sort of see them we see the school arriving and we get the west indies family but we don't get any introductions to who they are which is quite jarring because being from the West Indies, among them is a young woman who Jane dis- describes her, whether politically correct or not, she describes this girl as half mulatto, so she's obviously of mixed race. I could go on about the position of black people and mixed race people in Georgian society, but this would that would make this episode so long, um, and I will dedicate. A single episode to that after I'm, I'm finished with Sanderton. But of course, this was going to cause some stir in the community, especially in such a small place as Sanderton, which probably doesn't have a large population of people that aren't white, basically. And we just get no introduction to her at all. She just appears at this ball, and everybody's going, Oh my god, it's. I'm sorry for using the words, but it's a negress oh my god, and then they all sort of just go meh and carry on with the ball, which feels really unnatural to me. I mean, it's just so much better explained in the book. I don't want to be diving into Georgian era racism in this episode. But yeah, it's just a really odd introduction, and again, so much better in the book. And unfortunately, that really is sort of my overall feeling about this first episode, is that they wasted what jane had created they used the main plot and the main structure but they were really quick to just sort of get jane's part over with like i said and then have it become itv sanderton and i remember at the time obviously i wasn't watching it but i do remember the reviews coming out and people talking about it in the papers and online and stuff And everybody was sort of saying that it didn't feel like a Jane Austen adaptation, and I can completely understand that, especially because it is more sexually charged, I suppose, than most Jane Austen adaptations. Again, it's another one, I don't want to get into it in a major way right here, but obviously Georgian people had sex and they did it for pleasure rather than just procreating as well. So there were going to be undercurrents of sexual tension and things like that. But in Jane's books, we don't get a lot of that. And I can understand that it would make for a good period drama. But this is, in essence, a Jane Austen adaptation. Or at least it starts that way. And it is a totally different tone. I think... After this first episode, it's going to be so much easier for me to just think of it as a period drama rather than Jane Austen, necessarily, because it is quite a divergence in tone and in the characterisation as well. So, (laughs) overall, I'm not raving about this episode, though I am interested to see where it goes. I haven't given up on it yet. Uh, obviously or I wouldn't be telling you I'd be doing eight episodes on (laughs) on this series I do think that there are some good parts about it the costumes for example are really nice and the actors and actresses do a good job of working with what they're given with I just think that perhaps what they're given to work with isn't the best that it could be but again I am interested on in seeing where they take this. So that really is my review of the first episode of ITV Sanderton. Hopefully it wasn't too rambling. I have sort of done this right after watching the episode so it is my initial reactions and of course I will summarize at the end after I've done all the other episodes as well and hopefully you're looking forward to hearing my opinions of the rest of the episodes as well as much as I am of watching these episodes and reviewing them. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Addicted tonight. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, please do like, subscribe it and share it, all those lovely things. If you have a spare moment Please do pop over to my YouTube channel, Jane Austen BSL. I've started this new channel, um, which is doing shortened basic versions of these podcast episodes, but with BSL narration as well, so British Sign Language. Um, you can learn about Jane Austen, you can also learn a little bit of BSL at the same time. So please do pop over and give it a look. I will see you next time for a new episode, and until then, happy reading your faithful sermon, the author.